So what's going on YouTube? My name is Mehul and welcome to this video tutorial which is a little bit different from series of tutorials but I just wanted to take a moment and discuss about some of the hottest frameworks right now which we have to develop actual mobile applications and one of them is Ionic and the other one is React Native. So if you have used either of them you must know their pros and where you stuck and basically in and out a little bit even so I'm gonna go a little bit deeper into both of these and will help you to decide which one should you pick even if you are starting to learn or maybe even if you are you know just begin you have just begin to work on your own application should you switch to one another or should you just continue and basically how and where to learn all of this stuff as well so let's get into it so the deal with ionic is that i'll just discuss a little bit about ionic these are just the points i have kept with me so that i don't forget some major stuff but anyway ionic was uh, you know it came into fashion um sometime back i guess four or five years back where these some of these guys what they did is instead of like coding an application what they did is created an application already, right? Which just used a web view. We just used uh, basically, you can say, yeah, it's called a web view. So, um, what a web view does is that it allows you to embed HTML documents in it. So, what these guys did is they allowed other developers to create their applications in HTML, CSS, JavaScript. And then those developers would basically just build the application and what the Ionic framework would do is put that application, compile it into a native application and run it inside a web view. So your application is basically on um, native level. It's nothing more than a bunch of, um, a bunch of document lines HTML document lines running inside of web view right so um, the benefits with ionic as I see because I have developed an application named fast thumbs with ionic as my side project so um, the benefits I experienced with that and other apps which I created with ionic inside the tutorial series or as a side project was that ionic is obviously super fast to set up because most of the heavy lifting is done for you you just need to write HTML code and run it right so it will just blazingly compile into an APK and you can run it on your phone right away the other thing is obviously it supports cross-browser because if you intuitively think about it as well what Ionic is just doing is just running your code inside a browser and most of the platforms let it be Android or iOS or maybe like Windows Phone or I believe like Blackberry also I'm not really sure about that would support you know embedding documents inside their application it's it's a very common feature to embed HTML pages right so it, it makes sense that it is cross OS supported right now the thing with Ionic is it's super super duper easy to debug because at the end of the day what you're doing is just creating a web web page with you know constrained 
dimensional layout. Isn't that right? Because as I said, you're writing HTML code with Ionic. So what you're doing is while you're creating the application, when you create an Ionic application, what you do usually is you put your text editor on the left and open a web view or not the web view, sorry, a web browser on your desktop or PC or Mac or whatever and place it on the right. So as you, you know, you're working, that web page is reloading. Now again, you are creating a web page with Ionic. So it's easy to use already existing tools, especially Chrome developer tool, right? And it's easy to debug those hard stuff like web sockets, like HTTP requests, maybe like any kind of, um, you know, JavaScript package if you're using, if it throws errors or if it, you know, gives warnings, it's easy to see because of, you know, debuggers already, which come bundled with browsers. Right, Firefox also has a quite decent debugger, but uh, I just go with Chrome. It just kind of resonates with me. So the next thing is that marketplace. Ionic has a very good marketplace, I believe. Um, they have an independent marketplace and they have tons of plugins and extended functionalities available. So for example, if you want to leverage native API support, so Ionic is not just restricted to WebView, right? It, it is not like you can just, you know, uh, you know, just bite the bullet and just design your whole application inside an HTML document. It's not like that. You can obviously interact with the native platform, but it's limited, right? It's not that you can pretty much, you have full access to the native host. It's not like that because, you know, um, there's something known as Cordova, which Ionic uses to build the APKs, right? So Cordova has access to the native host, surely it does, but it needs an easy way for you, for developers, to actually get to that, right? Because the overall point is not allowing allowing developers to, um, you know, uh, interact with the native code, because that is kind of considered... Um, not really hard but uh, if you do that then you have to do it multiple times because host um, native code of every host is different Android uses uh, Java or maybe like Kotlin and uh, Swift is being used by iOS then there are other languages for other platforms and so on and so forth all right the next thing which I think Ionic has pretty awesome leverage is CSS now I will come to React Native as well later on, but let's just talk about CSS in Ionic here. Now, it is super easy to create any kind of layout of your application in Ionic as compared to React Native. That's what I believe. Sure, React Native has Flexbox, but guess what? CSS comes with grid supports. Now, grid, um, if you have um, you know heard about grid layout, it's it's not really new in CSS now and most of the browsers now majorly support it. In fact, as a matter of fact, I've built the whole website codedam.com on um, CSS grids. So if your browser does not support it, you probably won't be able to even see that properly, obviously. So um, what the thing is, is that 
since CSS, if you're a web developer, which most of the people are when they are coming to Ionic, at least they have experience, a little bit of experience with the, like HTML, CSS, you know, a little bit. So it, it feels home, right? Because it's easy. CSS is quite easy. You can get, you know, visual changes very at a very large scale with very small code. For example, you can change the background color of whole web page with a single line. You can create like uh, in CSS grid uh, system, you can create a very complex layout of elements with like, you know, one line of CSS that is grid template areas and grid, grid template in general and basically like four or five lines of HTML, which are just the containers of your um, layouts, right? So that's what I think Ionic has leverage on. Okay, let's just come to React now. We're gonna discuss a face-off to um, both of these later on sometime um, after the React Native probably. So React Native is a brief um, note that React Native is the library I use to create um, the application CodeDAM, which is live on Play Store, which is, well, this is a shameless plug, but anyway, I'll just plug it so that, because it ultimately benefits you, right? I'm not really making anything out of the app or the website right now. So the app would allow you to basically consume most of the content of CodeDAM as well as from other creators like um, you know Max from Academind is quite good I've seen some of his videos it's quite impressive I believe then there's um, you know Derek Barnes he's the best right and the new Boston Bucky Roberts is one of the um, first people I saw on YouTube so um, there are other awesome creators as well I'm not able to read call a lot right now but uh, obviously um, you know about them if you're interested in coding and programming and stuff so I have been including their content as well compiled it um, and basically I'm working actively to basically create an environment for developers for the learners at least for now so that they could effectively learn so the flow does not only consist of like videos it consists of quizzes tasks and you can chat with other people who are um, doing the same course and so on and so forth so anyways let's get back to react native all right so um, what react native is is it's a framework yet another framework which boils down to um, cross os support but the thing with react native is it's completely native as its name suggests and uh, I would not say that really it's it's not completely native. I wouldn't say that. Now some people might argue me, argue with me uh, on that. But uh, what React Native does is that it uses something known as a JavaScript um, engine, you can say, which is JavaScript Core JSC on Android. So what it does is that whatever JavaScript you are writing, um, it would run that JavaScript with JSC, right? 
and what it would do is it would parse the instructions for the host platform and it would pass it to the bridge. Now a bridge is something which is basically responsible for getting your actions from JavaScript to the native host, right? So for example, your JavaScript code says, I want a view element at the top and um, it should be red and the color should be white, right? So you wrote it in JavaScript, but the native host, how does it know that? Well, obviously you're not running a web view, not like Ionic, so your native host has to know it to render it inside its own languages like Java or Swift. So what React Native did is instead of like using a web view, it wrote a bridge. It wrote an interface which would help JavaScript communicate with the native host, right? So React Native is nothing but the bridge, a bridge through which your JavaScript code could communicate, could talk to your native host. And, Java, and, the, thing, and, and the interesting thing here is that your JavaScript code does not really need to know about from which host is it communicating in most of the cases, right? So um, React Native, I considered it as a smart bridge, right? So it will redirect the traffic accordingly, according to the host platform. So I've been creating this app for CodeDAM um, on React Native. Currently, React Native is on version 0.56, which I've used. It uses Babel 7 to um, convert your ES6, 7, 8, 9 code into ES5, which your JSC can use. And what I have encountered with React Native is some bugs are so horrible and pop up so randomly that you're gonna, you know, bang your head on the wall and you're gonna, you know, whatever the worst you can think, you're gonna do that. React Native is itself mature enough for production. I agree on that. Um, no complaints about that. Sure, it has a few bugs, but every library has it right now because these things are emerging, right? So that's the deal. But the thing with React Native is it is growing extremely fast. And when you grow extremely fast, you're bound to, you know, get... You know, you're bound to leave support for other libraries which are trying to catch up to you. So what the thing with React Native is that every version up, it is breaking a lot of libraries. So, for example, from working from working on 0.55 to 0.56, I believe what I encountered with my app, there was a break of... Uh, um, Google sign-in library, there was a break of um, YouTube API library, there was a break of a lot of, a lot of things in React Navigation library. React Navigation is one of the best and worst libraries of React Native, trust me on that. React Navigation, if you do not understand ins and out of it, and if you're not, you know, getting complete control of the library through Redux, Given that you're creating a very large application, I'm assuming that. Then React Navigation, you know, if you do not have precise control over the application, uh, over the React Navigation library, you're gonna, you're gonna find yourself in big trouble. 
React navigation, I believe, is not really mature enough right now to be used without under without understanding the core of the API itself, right? So um, these are the things with React Native. You have to be like um, super efficient while writing JavaScript. You do not want to waste your time on silly mistakes, on silly bugs, because you have to save a lot of time on bugs, which can pretty much like you know break your application. And React Native is popular application, uh, popular framework, which what it does is that. In your debug mode your applications will run smoothly and comfortably but in production oh my god in production there would be so weird errors um, you know kind of stuff like react native what react native did last week I believe um, I was bundling my application so I was using this decorators module right because um, for some reason Babel 7 by default um, Facebook included the optional chaining support but did not include the decorator support so we had to include it manually inside our Babel RC file. For some reason React Native just strips off the decorator support and runs the code without it on production release. What the hell I mean? There are kind of bugs like these React Native has right now. right? So you have to manually fix them and if you do not know what you're doing you would be kind of stuck right but obviously there's there's the, the community support is immense so you can ask questions on github stack overflow not so much so if you're working with react native i believe your stack overflow is your github right because people are a hell lot more active on github for react native and its associated libraries than stack overflow right so for layouts again react native just supports Flexbox and I don't really have a problem with Flexbox at all. In fact, it's a great layout to do But the thing with Flexbox is that if you want to do complex layouts Then you require a lot of elements compared to grid system For example, if you want to let me I'm not sure if I can draw something here Oops Let's see Okay Probably not. So anyway, let's say if you want to draw a layout which consists of like this is your header. Let's see if you can imagine this stuff. This is your header, right? And this is there's a box here, then there's a box here, and then there's a full width box down there, right? So header, then a box which is splitted, and then a full width box. So for grid, you just need one, two, three, four HTML elements. That's it. But for flex, you need one which is the parent of these three four five and probably the container to the elements at the bottom six for the flex scroll one right so from you know one two three four you went one two three four five six so it seems small but when you're developing bigger applications or you know complex layouts the difference is quite visible right your code base is a lot more manageable when you're using layouts like grid so that's the thing with react Native, but it's not really a big factor i believe because 
mobile layouts are not really that complicated and flexbox is kind of the thing made for mobile only you know flexbox is layouts in one dimension and mobile layouts usually flow in one dimension only so that's for the react native and uh, the final call for ionic versus react native is that uh, if you're looking to get started with mobile application development if you're getting started with it I would recommend go with ionic react is good react is awesome but I would say pick up react only when you're comfortable with the mobile ecosystem when you work with ionic you would see you would get exposed to a lot of stuff which you can reuse in um, you know react you're gonna see gradle you're gonna see signing your apks you're gonna see key stores you're gonna see stuff this and that and all that stuff so you know it kind of prepares you for a bigger thing reactive is by you know by no margin is the better um, choice as compared to ionic if you can do it obviously running native would always be better than running in a web browser even though um, you know devices now are pretty awesome and um, have great support for web views and all that stuff but still so um, with the react native what I would suggest if you are um, if you consider yourself okay or maybe like even intermediate or good with JavaScript you can go with react native I believe there's no problem in that but uh, you know going with ionic first just mentally prepares you for a lot of stuff for react native i believe because if you're not like the cmd the command line guy if you're not worked with debuggers before if you're not you know um worked with uh, um, native code even before uh, react native is very useful for people who have worked with native code before trust me on that because sometimes you need to mess around with native code and react native exposes it like hell ionic does not so in react native you can work in two tabs where in one tab you're editing a java file and in another tab you're editing javascript file and both are impacting layouts right so that's the thing with react it's quite flexible with ionic again it's easy it's easier to set up but again it's limited so um the, those were my two cents on react and ionic and the thing if you want to learn either of them another shameless plug here so what you want to do is as i told you i'm working on this platform code dam which is obviously the name of this channel but it's something entirely different from just being a youtube channel so um i have an app online for code dam which you can download and start learning about ionic and slash or react native right so there are quizzes in, is in it and i'm working on tasks as well for ionic at least and uh, that's basically it it would kind of be a nice experience for you to learn through a system like i am building because it's focused more on learning and not on other videos noise which probably you would um be facing if you're watching through youtube so that's all for this video and if you liked it then don't forget to 
subscribe like this video and share with your friends and uh, thank you for watching